I'm Nick Torres. I'm Ashley Argoda. And we are Meesmow. I had the pleasure of meeting for the very first time a dear old friend of yours, Matt Shively. Yes, Matt and I know each other from our time together on Two Jacks and This episode is actually really interesting for me. We talked about a lot of things that have not been made public before, like how we were not allowed to talk to each other the entire season two of Two Jackson. So enjoy this episode. I just want to see what you're gonna do. Oh, I figured that was. I like to start off an episode with a a nice amount of silence. Okay, cool. (laughs) So maybe I'll just take a breath together and see what happens. (laughs) We can't can't do it. Hi, Maddie. Hi. You're here. Your voice changed from from we talked for 20 minutes and all of a sudden now you've gone high voiced. I'm still shook from the past, from the conversation we had yeah, yeah, yeah. before That's... we technically started this podcast. I mean, yeah. unusable now. <laughs> I, that, that, this, this now up, we're starting. I might end up using some of it. Now now you absolutely should title the show Matt Shively and his trash family. <laughs> that should be. <laughs> and let's just spend I, I just hour talking. I want to go right into my entire family is trash. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Start yeah. That's strong. how it's starting. I like to start it strong. <laughs> My entire bang. family's trash, the clap, and then, hi, Maddie! Yep. And then that's, that's great. just how it's going to start. It's a good intro. It's going to be great. I don't know how any of that's going to cut together, mm. but, you know... We'll start now. <laughs> yeah, let's start. Let's hi. Right hi. I'm so happy you're here. I'm happy to be here. Truly. <laughs> truly. If you were on the other side of the hill, I wouldn't have come. But that's true, but luckily we found you're out. down the street, so... <laughs> yeah, we live four minutes away from each other. And we have for the whole time we've been here. Yeah, we had no idea. Yeah, yep. I've lived. I live ri- literally right on the corner of. Uh, <laughs> so it's like right there. <laughs> Sorry, my my three fans might show up. <laughs> <laughs> We're off to uh, such a good start. <laughs> um, I'm so happy to see you. I'm happy to see you. It has been seventy five years since we've seen each other. <laughs> It's been we've known each other for too long. As we well. really have. Eleven years. Huh. Yeah, crazy. It's a lifetime. That's a lifetime. I've known you half of my life. Yeah. Basically, and you finally got to meet. It's great to meet you. It's great to meet you. Yeah. It's great to meet. You. He's very good looking. Thank you so much. <laughs> He's a very attractive man. I good think so you. too. Good for you. Thank you so much. Good for you. Um, how have you been? I've been great. Good. I've been I've been very very good. Yeah, life has been very good to me for uh, the past year or so. Yeah, how so? I just am finally growing up. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations! No, it's funny. I, I literally I said like the most adult thing today. I was like, I'm so happy, and my girlfriend was like, Why? And I was like, Cause I found like my three doctors that I need for the rest of my life. Like I found the perfect dentist, the f- the perfect physician, and now the perfect chiropractor. And then I caught myself, and I was like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> Who are you? Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it. I love it. I do. I, listen, it, it's a lot better for my, the sur- people that surround me. Right. But it's a lot for me to take in, because I'm still, like, I spent I spent a good, like, eight years being a trash person. <laughs> and, I like, know. just not, I, you know, I had the wrong friends and stuff, so. But uh, then I found the love of my life, and she saved me. Ah, congratulations. Congratulations. She wanted to come and I said, absolutely not. You stay in that bed. And then I came. No, she's... she's... For the the record, we would have been fine with her being here. Yeah, no, she uh, she, uh, didn't want to. That's fair. 
She's an actress as well, right? She is. How did you guys meet? We met at a gay bar in West Hollywood. No, you didn't. We absolutely did. What? The Bayou? My buddy owns it, and so like we would go there because we would drink for free and stuff. And right. so like one night I went there, and and uh, my friend Sarah Highland mm-hmm. came and brought her. And I had seen her before at parties and stuff, but we had never introduced each other. We were she was friends with my ex girlfriend, and so that was the whole thing when right. we first. I wanted to go on a date with her. She didn't want to go on a date with me because she thought it would you know cause problems. And I was right. like that. I totally understood that. I was like I'm cool with being friends. And then after like three months of like just chit chatting, she finally was like, "We can go on a date." And I was like, "Are you sure? I don't want to like ruin anything because everybody thought that I just wanted to go on a date with her so that it would piss off my ex girlfriend." And it did, but that's not why. And now we've been together ever since. Amazing! Yeah, you guys have been together a couple years now, right? We have been together over two years now, and we haven't broken up once. Which to me, that's for me, that's big because every girlfriend I've had, it I'm with for about. Two weeks, and then we break up, and then we'll get back together. Like, that, my first girlfriend out here was four years, but that was, like, breaking up every other weekend. A Ross and Rachel type. Yeah, but also, like, with copious amounts of alcohol and partying uh, mixed in. So it was just, it was very toxic. Do I know this girlfriend? Laura? Yeah. So she was Bijou Stinkbottom. Yes, I was going to say, I was like, I think I know her. Yeah, see, so that, the problem was is that I was, I'm from a, a town where there's not, you know, it's not the cream of the crop. And so when I moved out here and was doing the show this girl came on the show and she was like a supermodel and she like showed showed me some sort of interest we would uh because i smoked cigarettes i'm gonna say it i don't care i smoked cigarettes at the time wow and we would go on the paramount lot and we would hide in the corner of the bushes and her and i would like smoke cigarettes and like talk and that's how we kind of uh, got it going and so i just because she was attractive it was very it was very dumb of me i was very young and stupid and I didn't have many friends out here, so that's fantastic. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then, well, let's get into this 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 eight years of trash. Yeah, because yeah. I, I did the same thing. I went to college for theater, right? Got uh, joined a fraternity, and then just was fed all trash. Just you know, and then and then that really gets in your system. Yeah, and it takes a while to get it out. Yeah. Yeah, uh. <laughs> I've been working out consistently for two years, and I still have some of that trash connected to my body. It's, okay. it's just like takes well, time. Yeah, apparently yeah, it takes time. it's it's the biggest regret. You like look back and you're like, oh wow, I could have stopped <laughs> so long ago and made this a lot easier on myself. But you know, timing's everything, I guess. Yeah, and then you think of like your, I mean, for me, like high school self, like I was such a driven, like you know, president and all that. And I, I knew, like, ten, you know, those things are available in college. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not, that's never going to be me. Like, would not. And then you do it, and then you get on the other side of it. And you're like, I'm kind of, like, coming back to almost that high school, like, more driven self. Right. And I'm like, boy, I really just wasted such time. See, I feel like I'm just now starting that. Because when I was in high school, I was like part of like the hardcore metal kids like you know i did drama and stuff but all my friends were they didn't smoke weed but they were considered the stoners kind of thing vance. and we would like you know on weekend what vance they, yes vance was one of them yeah. vance yeah but we would you know every weekend like one of their parents would be out of town we'd drink and get drunk and then we'd fight each other because that's like what you do it was i'm from covina that's what you do in covina apparently and so when I got out of that and I moved out to Hollywood, I was like, my mom was so nervous that like, you know, the party scene would take over and stuff. And I was like, no, I did all my partying in high school. Like I got it out of the way then. 
And I only wanted to be an actor, so like I never had any drive to do anything else other than entertain. So I never gave any sort of effort. And then I, you know, got was very fortunate to book the you know the show two weeks before I graduated, mm -hmm. and so I didn't have to even try to go to college, which was for me great. You literally didn't you move out on your 18th? I birthday? I moved out on my 18th birthday. Yeah. And you got the apartment like across the street from <sighs> Paramount. No, 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 no. I got, I got. Okay, so I, the first thing I did was, oh, I'm gonna live the actor's life. I'm gonna get a studio apartment somewhere. Boy. And so I got a studio apartment in Koreatown. Um, I don't know if you've ever have you seen Nightcrawler with Jake Gyllenhaal? Yeah. So you know the last no. scene takes place at that Chinese restaurant. Okay. Like, okay. I used to pay that Chinese restaurant forty dollars a month to let me park in their parking lot because connected to it was my apartment building and you could not park on the streets like it just was it, it was it would take you an hour to find parking so i would pay them 40 dollars a month to park there that's a great deal in koreatown it was fantastic looking back at it now especially seeing as like now i've you know i pay all my bills myself and i look at all the things i'm like wow 40 dollars like that was a complete steal so i lived there for a couple months but i don't know if you remember i was getting i was sick all the time all, and dan and andy all of the time dan and andy thought that it was because i partied a lot but i wasn't partying a lot then it was because the place I was living in had mold and asbestos, and I was getting very sick. I was having to get, like, B12 shots in my ass once a week, at least. That I remember, but honestly, all of us assumed it was just because you were partying all no, the time. No, so I didn't start partying. I wouldn't say I started actually partying to the point of being tired until after I moved from there to across the street from a strip club on La Brea and Sunset. So... <laughs> not the best uh, upgrade, but it had bedrooms and it was, uh, you know, clean. Right. But I didn't meet many people until the end of that year. So before okay. we came back for the second season right. is when I met like a whole new group of friends out here right. that were like all actors who all were basically like came from enough money to where like they didn't have to worry about work and there was nothing like that. So like all we did was party because that right. was just... All, that's all you wanted to do. There was nothing else you needed to do. So, right. So yeah. when we assumed in season two or whatever. When Dan and Andy pulled me aside and said, everybody's expendable except for Kiki and you need to wake up, then that was the moment that I was like, okay. But yes, that was the height of it. Because I was literally, there's a couple episodes. I know the, you can look at, uh, is it uh, the retreat one? Co company retreat? I was company retreat. Yes, thinking about yeah, that one. Yeah, you can watch that episode and they actually have to, you can see it in a couple shots where I'm legitimately like dozing off. Yes. And then they because also. I remember they were like, Matt, yeah. what the hell are you doing? And I was just like, huh? And well, <laughs> and then they literally like, you can tell because the shots don't look right because they were having to cut part of the shot out because I was literally just sitting there like asleep. Mm -hmm. First of all, it was big scenes. It's everybody in the thing. It took hours. But, you know, I've had longer days since. Because that's the thing, mm -hmm. too, is you do you do multi-cam. And, like, after a while, it starts getting old because you're like, okay, I know the formula now. Yeah. Every You start feeling like you're just doing the same episode over and over again. Yeah, totally. And and then you leave it and you go to single cam. So then we did the troop right after that. Yes, and you're like, I miss it so much. Within three days, I was like, wait a second. I'm working how many hours today? Yeah. 13 hours today? Yeah. It's like, oh, my God. And... You can't, it's not like the play, whereas, you know, with us, we would do the scenes, but we would run the whole scene before we would do it again. Yeah. Most of the time. Yeah. Whereas this is like, you know, we're just doing your shot, and then we're just going to yeah. do their shot, and it was just like, oh my god. I remember when we did the troupe, I saw on the call sheet, it was like, we were only shooting like three pages for the day. Yeah. And I was like, 
what are you talking about? Because in oh, multicam, this is wonderful. Yeah, in multicam, we're doing like pages on pages, Five like scenes as a day. many as you can a day. Yeah. And when you go to single camera and it's just as three pages, you think it's going to be so easy. And then you're there 14 hours later and you're well, like, that's, it's, we're not done. Special effects yeah. and like all of that, which like you'd never take into consideration how much time that takes. But, but like, ugh. Yeah. That was yeah. a lot. So that was when I was like, wow, I really took, I wish, I'm, I'm happy it all hit when it hit, but I do wish that I could go back to multicam because I would appreciate it so much more now. Yeah. For totally. what it is. They say it's the best job 100% if you want like if you want the stability because it's you know you're gonna get stability there in to also like five. not really work <laughs> like <laughs> you think, this is the thing the people on Big Bang Theory are making a million dollars a week but they're honestly only working tops 20 hours a week yeah because by by the sixth seventh eighth ninth tenth season they were Monday through Wednesday were probably three to four hour days each yeah if not less because sometimes we would even do like table read and then go home yeah. Right. All those so you know they would have table read, go home. Next day they would do like two hours of rehearsal and then a producer run through, and then the next day would be two hours rehearsal, network run through. Yeah. The longest day was probably the pre shoot day because then by the time they do the live audience day, that probably was only a four or five hour day. Yeah, and we were really lucky in True Jackson because Kiki and I were still in school, so we never worked yeah. longer than what was it, 12, 11 hours, twelve hours? However, I long thought you guys had. I thought it was an eight hour thing. Then it was eight hours, but I know that I everyone... kids were kids was like eight or nine hours. I remember when we were about to graduate high school, everybody was like, oh, we don't know about this. I have a picture And then of we my... all said, screw it, just cancel the show. <laughs> True. I have a picture of, of my school? mom cancel it. feeding me a cookie through the bars, because in the last episode, we're in a cage over a volcano. And I remember like, oh, I, I couldn't sit because I was like in a dress yeah. and like, we were so tired. We were in the cage forever yeah. and I was so hungry and I have a photo of my mother Literally feeding me cookies. Which was kind of like a picture of what your life really was. Basically, exactly <laughs> what it was. For Honestly, those years. Except this time I was, you know, I'd graduated high school and I was like, right. oh, this is why they say don't rush that because yeah. now I have I to will say here. that's been the biggest thing, like the older, I, and it, it hit me like last year probably where I was like, oh my God, I really didn't embrace being young like yeah and and they you know it's the cliche like oh, have fun being a kid that's what your parents always tell you but it's true like i wish yeah. if i could do anything it would be go back to that and like know that it's the the office you guys watch the office yeah so no. like one of my favorite quotes which i actually don't even remember it verbatim you really should get on that uh <laughs> is like i wish i wish somebody had told me it was the good old days before i had already left them Mm. and that for me I'm like oh yeah that's like and so now but it's made it better now so when I'm doing things now if I'm on a trip or something like I embrace the fact that I live in the moment a little more put my phone down sometimes you know good for you yeah very proud yeah now we did true we did true and so then... let's let's go ahead and talk about this um don't you guys have a crush on each other during true or how did <laughs> <laughs> Um, wow, you went right into that. Yes, I had a huge crush on you when we were Did you really? Yeah. Oh, that's so cute. I never knew that. I, I didn't she tell was you like, forever. Right, so she was like a sister to me, legitimately, yeah. which is why when things popped off and we ended up not being able to talk anymore, <laughs> it was such bullshit because like, I, I personally was like, listen, I get it. Like, if I was being that way, like, that's wrong. I shouldn't have been. Should we preface it? Like, I... Yeah, okay. I, it's... Yeah, so I don't think Miranda Cosgrove's 16th birthday party. Wow! Oh my God, we're really doing. We're this. getting ready.
ready okay. to go, and and I don't know how much you want to talk about your own mom, but like you got, she was very much a stage mom, so yeah. you know she was she hovered a lot, and we made fun of that. And me, I I was eighteen, so like it wasn't like I was way over age or anything. I was eighteen, she was sixteen, probably still inappropriate, but I didn't uh-huh. I wasn't <laughs> mean it in an inappropriate way, and so we would we were talking about how her mom wasn't going to Miranda Cosgrove's birthday party and I jokingly which mind you had never done cocaine before but like was like all right coke and sex in the bathroom all night because I thought that's like oh that's hilarious and that's just my sense of humor and I thought that was funny that is hilarious yes it's hilarious I was used I mean we've been on set together for a year at that point like this is this well and we had what it was we did have a very like brotherly sisterly relationship where like you, you know, could Kiki, joke like that, and I was like, Kiki cool. was always Kiki was always busy doing a million other things, yeah. and so like we really just had each other. Well, yeah, and also you know, Kiki had been working since she was yeah, what, she didn't have time 12, for it. eleven or twelve, and she was already so successful. And this yeah. was our first like, and we were doing it together. Show. It was our first yeah. thing ever, and we were like being successful teenagers. Yeah, we were experiencing like, all of that together. So then Monday morning comes. I, I'll never forget it. I really won't because I I I think I might have shit my pants. <laughs> I walked on set and they had catering out and it was like the breakfast set up and it was on the other stage. Mm. It was on the other stage because we were shooting something else. Mm. And I walk up and I'm like, hey, and I put my arm around her. She's like, don't, don't touch me. Don't t- you can't talk to me. And I was like, what? What? And she's like, you can't, you can't talk. You have to walk away from me. You have to walk away. And I instantly was like, what the fuck is going on? What did I do? What happened? What happened? Well, it turns out she got grounded. Her mom found her, or didn't find her phone, but looked through the text messages. She deleted... Your texts to me, so it just looked like me saying these things to her. Next thing you know, I'm being called into the office by by the I've producers. Also never, I don't think I've ever heard your side of the story, so I'm like fascinated. Okay, I will tell you mine in a minute, but go on. Right. So, the, and they put. It, I will say this: they put it in the funniest way ever. <laughs> they said we're not going to fire you now. Nickelodeon is known for their blimps, right? It's a blip on your radar, right? That's the term. Right. But they said, but just so you know, you're a blimp on our radar. Mm-hmm. And I was like, is that, are you making a Nickelodeon pun while telling me that I also might get fired? <laughs> like, is that really where we're at right now? Like, that's what we're doing. And it was this whole thing of like, they understood that I didn't mean it in that way. Yeah. But it was inappropriate. So then we spent like the last, we spent this whole second season like not really being able to talk to each other. It, it was, sucked. I was so miserable. It was miserable. I yeah. hated it. Yeah. It was brutal. That's... It was a big bummer. I mean, listen, it, life lesson. I literally, I don't ever, even if they are of age, I don't talk to anybody that way through text anymore because Good I'm job. afraid of what could happen. It... But. That's so interesting. I've never heard it from your side before. That's yeah. hilarious. Yeah, because um, I've always been afraid of being assassinated. Well, for... don't be afraid anymore. <laughs> um, it so it happened for me the night before that, or whatever day we were at work before that, right? Because it was Kiki and our, I believe it was our studio teacher, and I'd come back to the schoolroom, and they were like, "You need to like, you need to get ready. Your mom's about to come in here." She's found something on your phone. And I was like, huh? What did she find on my phone? Because, like you said, it wasn't, when you sent that, it wasn't something where I was like, oh my God, how inappropriate of you. I hate that you right, said that. We were also calling her it. So, <laughs> That's so, right. so if I, I can see as a mom opening the phone, 
Seeing that is one thing, but seeing that your own daughter is calling you it. But I don't even think we said that. I think I said... <laughs> no, it was, I'm taking... hey, guess what? It's not going to be there tonight. Is that what we said? Yes, it's not right? going to be there tonight. And I said, well, you know what that means. Coke and sex in the bathroom all night. And then you said something back to me, and I said, I will punch I you said, in the ha, vagina. I said, ha, 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 And you said, I will punch I you in the I threatened to punch you in the vagina. So it was a double whammy. They deleted the text, so all they got was, Coke and sex in the bathroom all night, going to punch you in the vagina. <laughs> Was that, were you doing an Anchorman bit? No! Just, uh, just... I, although, technically it was 08, I probably was, but... Yeah, but yeah, just... I, but, yeah. like, This again, was, no, I had seen the movie a bunch of times, so then you kind of start, start to recycle that type of comedy, so that's probably yeah. what I was doing. but then again, we'd been working together for a year, we were really yeah. close, and it was just, it was so normal to yeah. me that that was being said. And right. I thought it was funny, because it was funny! Everybody in this room was It makes sense, so it. now, why I was doing coke and having sex in the bathroom by myself all night that night. Right. <laughs> <laughs> into the room and they're like oh my god she's gonna come in here she's, she's so upset and our oh my god our poor studio teacher was like i don't know what to do got under the desk like an earthquake <laughs> drill was like, and i was like see me. oh no, like because in my mind i was like what could right. she have possibly found on my phone that's so weird because it wasn't something that had affected you you were yeah. you thought of it as a joke and that's what it was so and then she it's was like, like she came in and like screamed and yelled she's like what is this i can't believe he said he was gonna do this to you and you said it was okay and but i was like uh, what what is happening and so i think at one point that day she she found your mom or something like that because oh, i know that my they, mom found her <laughs> after i almost got fired my yes. mom found her my mom does people not people were yelling in the hallway it was, it was intense. it was madness and mind you this is the last episode of season one yeah this and we is have all like on set this is yes, all on this set. This is all on set. Willow Smith was guest starring on yep. our show. Like Will Smith. And we also our, our dressing building. rooms were in a very tiny hallway. Yeah. They were paper thin walls. So like wherever you were on that floor, you heard what was going down. Everything. You were My everything. mom doesn't say the C word. She hates the C mm. word. I've only heard her say it once. And it's the second that time day. No no no. I heard her say it once to my dad when I was like five. But then oh. the second time was that day. Where she got in your mom's face and she said, if you ruin my son's career, I'll fucking bury you, you cunt. <laughs> and and I, was, I was sitting across, I could see through the crack in the door to their dressing room and I saw her say it and I was like, I was like, this is real. This it is was, a really serious. It was so real. And I don't know what it was about my mom coming in. Because there were like a couple of other incidents and I think she was threatened because we were so close. Right. Like, remember there was the one day where you had to like push me in a scene and she was like, you grabbed my daughter's boobs. Yeah. And she like freaked out about it. In her defense, I did double fist both of her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really glad you met my fiance today. Yeah, um, yeah. This is great for me. Um, but like she, there would just been so many things leading up to it that I, you know, she'd just been so threatened by how close we were, I guess. Well, it didn't help that we were. It, I think for in a mother's perspective, especially one who likes to be controlling, yeah, seeing her daughter kind of go behind her back and saying these things yeah. can come off as, and so lot. then the easy thing is to blame me blame you, and come totally. at me, and so like I get it, yeah. And there was something See, that's about her coming in that up. day that was like, hey, this is worst. this shit's real. It, it was, was so. It real, really was the worst thing ever. But I, it was so frustrating because. I couldn't tell you exactly what was going on because I was literally for, forbidden yeah. to talk to you. Yeah. Like, she was. She watched me like a hawk. I was not allowed to. I was not allowed to speak to you at all. Not allowed to speak to your mom at all. Nick. Which was also brutal because my mom was always like, 
very motherly towards you as far she as like, like you mom. could say all the things to her that you couldn't say to your real mom. Exactly. So like that yeah. was you, that was brutal for you just to not have that outlet. It was really way. hard because you, both you and your mom, I think, were the first people who made me feel a little bit less crazy about how I felt growing up right. because it was like up until then it was just like, well, this is just my life. Like yeah. this, I'm just used to this at this point. But then you, I think you and your mom were the first people who were like, this is not normal. Well, my mom said it to your mom flat out. Yeah. She said, if you don't loosen up, she's going to end up completely walking away from you someday. Ha <laughs> <laughs> um, But I remember after the season finished, because I don't think it was resolved until the season, like we no. shot the rest of the season, yeah. which was like another week and a half. And in all of the photos you see of me, I'm like, just, I'm miserable. Yeah. I'm so, I have nothing in my eyes. But I remember I had to make a secret email address. Do you remember this? I had to create a secret so. email address so that I could email you and your mother and be like, this is what's happening. I am so sorry. Like, I yeah. I am not offended in any way. And you were even like, if I offended you, I'm sorry. Yeah. And I was like, you didn't offend me, though. So I don't know, like, why this is so crazy. It was a huge thing. And then it was really frustrating because you guys had the meeting with Nickelodeon. Yeah. And no one asked me so, anything. So, this is what happened. This is why. Jeanette oh. McCurdy, okay? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Jeanette McCurdy, because this was a doubleheader. This is why yeah. it, this is why I had to be reprimanded by Nickelodeon. Yes. First of all, Jeanette McCurdy was of age. Yes. I believe at the time. She was 18. I think so. She definitely was. She was randomly texting me one night. Now, okay. I was not attracted to Jeanette McCurdy. There no. was nothing there. Again, there was nothing there. She happened to text me, and I, this is not an exaggeration. I'm in my apartment I, by I myself. It. You know, living by myself, 18 years old, still, like, fresh, don't, like, you know, not experience a lot of things. And the people above me are having sex. And they are having sex. They might have been shooting a pornography. Because it really was, like, <laughs> violent and it was loud. And I was like, oh, my God. And as I'm hearing this, Jeanette McCurdy texted me being like, hey, what are you up to? And I was, like, hilarious. It literally said, hilariously enough, I think my neighbors are having, like, extremely violent sex. And I'm uh, super uncomfortable. Well, her mom read those texts of me telling her that I was hearing sex. And so then when I got called into Nickelodeon, it was both about that. And they were like, but also with Jeanette. And I was like, what did I, what did I do with Jeanette? And they explained it to you me. Really I'm like, but that's what was happening. That's what was happening. And then of yeah. course, the funny part about it is like the Nickelodeon situation is like, I'm sitting there getting reprimanded. And then 30 minutes later, I'm having to go rehearse a scene where I have to slip on a banana or something. Yeah. And everything's cool. And everything's <laughs> But it was infuriating because I remember my mom walking into, because my mom had the, like, met with them before yeah. you did, and she was like, well, if they ask you something, like, you know, she said something like, you know, she just wanted us to keep our stories straight. And right. I was like, but if I tell the truth, there is no story, like, there's no story to keep yeah. straight anymore. And she went in, and she had a meeting with them, and I don't really know what she told them, but I know she had my phone, because I, like, got my phone taken away at that point. But then she came outside and we went home. Like, nothing ever happened. And I was like, don't I get to say something? Because this involves me and a person that I have to work with. Like, don't I get to say something? And she was you like, weren't 18. No. You're the child. And it, oh my god, it was so infuriating. So we spent all of season two. There were photo shoots we had to do. We had to shoot the show. We had to do press. We had to do so many things. And we could not. I think that's the real reason why Ryan and Lulu never got together. In the show. Are you serious? I, I just thought of it right now, but I'm like, yeah. Because everybody was always like, Ryan and Lulu should be date. 
And I, but that's probably why, because they couldn't, right. they had to bring in Mikey J to give you a love interest because they couldn't make me the love interest. Oh yeah. That, I never thought about it, but Do that's probably exactly... Do you remember when we shot Mystery in Peru and I, Lulu and Mikey J kissed for the first time? Yeah, and the building crumbles in the and, background. <laughs> and everybody thought it was both mine and, and Trevor's first kisses, so everyone like made such a huge deal out of it and yeah. it was the most awkward first kiss Which is ever. so funny because like... That, like it's so funny how they'll treat how Hollywood decides to treat certain things because yeah. you have on the one hand you have these two kids who at this point were eighteen right uh, were you eighteen no, yet? you were seventeen he was eighteen or something I think so right so first kisses and like it was like the set was locked down like it was very yeah. very serious Our parents were like filming it <laughs> it was like super weird and stuff but then I I did Paranormal Four. And the last shot we decided to do, I was 22 when we shot that, and the girl, Catherine Newton, was had just turned 15. And oh. the last shot of the movie, it's none of it's scripted, so like they're just coming up with stuff on the spot. And they're Paranormal, like, uh, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. I mean, it's they have by the end of it, it was a 250 page script, so it's like it wasn't scripted until after we were shooting things, essentially. Um, but the last shot, like the last shot, two weeks before the movie came out, they're like, you know what? Actually, why don't Let's have you guys kiss in this scene. And I was like, um, why? <laughs> like, why? Did, why? And they're like, because it'll be, like, really cute. Like, you know, just kind of, like, go in for the kiss. And she kisses you back. And then you're surprised by it. And she's like, okay, can I ask my mom? And her mom comes upstairs. And I'm like, um. Here we go again. Yeah. And the mom <laughs> leans in. She's like, yeah, go for it. It's all good. And I was like, okay, uh, do I have a say at all? And they're like, no, it's it's not a big deal. Just go for it. And I'm just like. But it is. I'm 22 and she's 15. That's not right. Like, that shouldn't be a thing. But I know that they did that on that movie Prom. Like, my buddy was right. in that. He was 30. And the girl was 16. And they had a kiss in it. And it's just like, it's so weird, like, what's acceptable right. and what's not acceptable. But then, like, how you treat. So just yeah. do it. It's all good. You're like, well, what? <laughs> yeah. It's not all good, though. If I, did, if I did this while cameras weren't rolling, I'd go to jail. True. You know what I mean? Very true. <laughs> Yeah, it was wild. And I think my my mother's disdain for you, it carried for quite some time. Because we finished the show, still couldn't talk to you. And then we did How to Build a Better Boy years later. Wait, no, I'm sorry. We did the troop first. Yeah, we did the troop first. Because that was, was directly after True Jackson. Yeah, and she was super concerned because all of my, like, my whole storyline was with you. Yeah. She was like, oh, man, she didn't. Travel with me it was kind time. of a it was kind of a slap in her face though because it was like you kept getting work and it just happened to be with me. <laughs> yeah, it was great. And then because we also did Winks together. No, we didn't. You didn't do Winks. Kiki did Winks. I nailed it. I could no, I could have sworn you, you did you Winks did. though as well. I watched this yesterday. You didn't play Diaspora. You didn't come in and do like one or two episodes. Who? It was a character on Winks. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I never thought. Anyway, you were saying she showed me Troop and Bucket and Skinner. Your yeah. your episode of that. Oh. It's supposed to be Drake Bell. I, I learned afterwards that I was, it was? The second choice. <laughs> I'm learning so much. Yeah. Um, it, it's so they the who was one of the producers like nonchalantly was like, oh yeah, well Drake Drake Bell uh, had to drop out. Was so, it Tom I was Lynch? Like, All right, it was Tom Lynch. Yeah, yeah. That's I was like, cool, man. Thank right. you. That's, that's cool of him to let you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you guys have done so that's four projects you've done together. Yeah. Skinner, How to Build a Better Boy, and then we did Jordan Ross's One Tree Hill song together yeah. Yeah. a few years ago. Yeah. Oh, okay. So we've worked together a lot. That actually might be the last time I saw you. I think you're right. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. Ha since True Jackson, have you 
you've worked pretty consistently since true, right? <sighs> yeah, but it's always it's it's so funny when you say consistently because it's like if if somebody says, "Oh, you work pretty consistently," like that makes it sound like I I have a choice, right? But like I do I work consistently in the grand scheme of like how much everybody's trying to work. Right. But I still only work like three or four times a year, you know? So it's like, I do, but I don't. It's been, it's, it's a been a roller coaster. When, after True Jackson and the Troop, there was a pretty big lull. After where Gunner for me. Yeah. yeah, and where producers like, that's all you have on your resume. And there's like a cloud over their head that where they're like, oh, well, they're not good actors because they do children's I was going to say, did you, did you kind of get pigeonholed into like, you oh. can only do kid things after after you were on the network before? yeah because even then i like you know five years ago i was doing jesse so it was like oh my gosh that's right you know how to build a better boy i was supposed to be playing i was 24 when we did that you were i believe i was 24 when we did that you and were. that was i was playing 17 so like yeah i mean that was like the whole thing of you know which is why i then did like some stupid movies that were like r-rated comedies where i was like yeah this will be great because i'm finally getting out of it and then you look back and you're like whoa sir <laughs> The worst things. Really? <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, there's the yeah, yeah. It isn't until it isn't until recently where I feel like I've kind of moved out of that right place and have started to like not like I don't think I'll ever work for Disney or I know I won't work for Nickelodeon again, but that's because I don't really like them. Um, <clears throat> but I work for Disney whenever, but I don't think I'll ever work for kids television again. I've been very fortunate, and mm -hmm. it, it you know, but it is one of those things where it's like. I want to have something to do all the time. Right. So that's why I kind of envy you because you do stage stuff all the time. So at least you're like, you're always working no matter what. Yeah. I think and that's, that's a like, huge reason. I, I, you know this. I've always loved doing stage stuff, but I think it's a huge reason of why I do it. It's just because it gives me purpose. It gives me like, yeah. this is, it's what I love to do. Well, and that was, it's funny because I, when I did that Jennifer's Body, which you didn't come see. Um, so I guess all we're right. even... Um, I've been in one musical she never came inside. Unauthorized musical parody of Mean Girls, Ten Things I Hate About You, Clueless, Bridesmaids Twice, Hocus Pocus Twice. I saw Romeo and Juliet, though. Right? So so it counts. It counts. Okay, All so... Right. That was a big deal. No, but when I did that, that was like... I still had more fun doing that than I think I've ever had doing a movie or a show. Did you jump right into film and TV or had you done any stage prior to I'd that? only done stage. Okay. Like I, oddly enough, my high school had a very good drama department. Like we went to the French festival in Scotland and performed there my freshman year of high school. Whoa. Which was very cool. But like I did How to Succeed in Business. I did Footloose. <laughs> I did Guys and Dolls, Dracula, I Father the oh. Bride. Like that was what got me acting was like doing the stage stuff. And I loved it. My mom didn't want me to be an actor because of the rejection, which, you know, 15 years later, I'm like, that makes complete sense because yes. it can drive someone crazy. Mm -hmm. And especially it's like, you know, you look back at a lot of the Nickelodeon Disney kids, like our show came out pretty good as far as like where everybody has gone. Like everybody totally. is still... We're all still working. Still working. Everybody is still working. And so it's like, that's good. But then you look at other shows and you're like, oh man, like some of these kids you just never see again, but... It's not because they just stopped acting. It's because they couldn't get anything else. And, like, it's, it's, that's hard. Yeah. As a kid, being 16, 17, doing a show, being treated like the world is yours, and, like, it's all uphill. I mean, when I was doing True Jackson, it was, you're the next Tom Hanks and all this stuff. And it's like, well, I'm, okay, I'm 29 now. When does that kick in? <laughs> and that's why, yeah. that's the, been the one thing as time has gone on is where, like, when people come up to me and, oh, give me these compliments, I'm like, I don't want to hear it. 
Because like, I get it. Thank you. I appreciate it. But unless you're hiring me, I don't need to hear it. Yeah. Because it doesn't do anything for me. Telling me I'm going to be, that's, that's been the, the biggest thing lately is like, oh, you're going to be the next Chris Pratt. I'm like, well, stop saying that because in 10 years when that doesn't happen, then that's all I'm going to think is like, that's what people said I could be. And that's what people mm. said I'm going to be. It's like, so it does nothing good for your mental health. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's bad for you. So I just tell everybody they're terrible and then they can prove me wrong. <laughs> I'm so yeah. glad you haven't come to see any of my shows. Yeah. God. I just boo you. <laughs> <laughs> I step on stage. I don't even say anything Yeah, yet. no, no, no. Get off. Get off. <laughs> yeah. We've been working out two straight years. You know, Chris Pratt. I mean, it, it, it's there. I'm trying. I'm doing my best. <laughs> <laughs> we believe in you. I'm doing my absolute best. What, how did that start? Or what did, when did you decide to, like, pick it up a little bit? Uh, oh, hilariously. So... It was, that was Guardians of the Galaxy, where was, I was like, okay, so a fat guy can do it. So like, Oh, it was I, Chris. And it was Chris Pratt, and that's why being told that is like, I don't want to hear it because I don't, that's what I've, I mean, I, in, in my bathroom, I, it just got taken down. For the record, before my girlfriend moved in, I had 15 movie posters throughout the apartment. I now have one movie poster. Which movie is it? Uh, it is Peter Pan, the original, nice. um, hanging in the bathroom. But what, what used to hang there was a Guardians of the Galaxy poster, and that was like, I saw the big guy can make it and I was like, oh, that's amazing. But I, what really happened was, is I was like in a huge lull and like, I would drive to, I would say, okay, you've got to work out. You need to lose some weight. And I would drive to the gym and I'd get there and I'd park and I'd be like, nah, I'd leave. And I would like go oh my home. Gosh. And uh, I also was eating like, I was like fully addicted to candy, like fully addicted to candy where I did a cleanse one time, which was like a two week cleanse. And I... You couldn't eat like dairy, bread, you know, any of that kind of stuff, sugar. And the only thing I had a problem with was candy where like I would start to like itch and like freak out and I'd have to go and buy like a sucker. And uh, so I went and did hypnosis to like reverse that. What? Yeah. So like I went to a hypnotherapist. Uh, he was wonderful. J.R. Rubin. J.Y. Rubin. I remember. I remember. Jason Y. Rubin is his name. You're having a stroke. And yeah. On. That was part of the hallucination or the high, See, I can't even talk. Yep. Um, so I went to him and I was like, you know, I basically was raised never. My parents never like gate like thought you can be whatever. My mom to this day still says if you ever want to stop acting, come work at Taco Bell you're more than welcome. Like, she's, like, super... I know, right? There you that's go. That's right. Talking to the queen. She's, she's like, go. super about it. Like Does she, she work at Taco Bell? Is no, she no. doesn't work at Taco Bell, but that's, for some reason, her, like, go-to... She's said it since I was 18. Like, oh, you don't want to be an actor. Just kind of work at Taco Bell or something. And I'm like, no. Um, <laughs> I can't do that. So, I basically, like, I never had expectations brought to me. Like, my, my parents never expected much from me because they didn't do much themselves. You know, they never pursued their dreams. So, like... I feel like in in that sense, there was no expectations. Like, they just wanted me to live my life, and that was great. But in the long run, I look back at it, and I'm like, I was never taught discipline mm. to, you know, do the things that I need to do to get where I need to go. And moving out on my 18th birthday was great and all, but I still was a kid, and I didn't, you know, you throw a kid into this world. It's not smart. Mm -mm. And so it was like a whole situation of having to – that's why now I'm like, oh, I have to get it all together. But the hypnotherapist, like – explained it all to me and then sat me down and then I didn't eat candy for seven months. I wow. did not did not touch a piece of candy for seven months. You went to one session? I went to one session and that was August two years ago, two Augusts ago. And since then I cannot physically cannot go more than like two or three days without working out. 
Like I feel it's like an actual, like I feel like a failure if I don't. And like I, I get mad, I get, you know, angry and grumpy and like have to do it. Mm-hmm. It's the weirdest thing. But yeah, one session, 20 minutes and yeah. And I eat candy now sometimes, but like when I, like during the week, I'm like, you're not eating candy during the week. You have to, you know, and I don't. And it's simple. That's that is, amazing. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Really powerful. Yeah. Was there any follow-up? Like, I mean... I went back a couple times because then like my next thing was like, okay, well, if you can do this, then like now it needs to be on food because I still, I've always loved food. And so I, that's always, that's been the biggest problem. It's like, I work out very hard all the time, but then I'll go and eat in and out mm-hmm. you know, or Panda Express or Taco Bell. It's like the go-tos. So that was always the thing. And he did that and it didn't really work. I was going through a time of like having like massive panic attacks Mm. Which was weird. I think that's something that came with my older 20s of like realizing I'm no longer a kid and life is very serious. <laughs> and you're like, oh God. And then you just start having panic attacks, which feel like you're going to die. And mm. uh, and so I like tried to do that, but I was, it just, it didn't work. But I'm, I've kind of gotten a grip on it. You know, it's, it's all, it's all a learning thing. But like I said, going back to like the, you had your drive in high school and you feel like you're getting back now. I feel like for the first time in my life in the past two years, it's been like, I've, you know, said no to the things I should say no to and yes to the things that I should say yes to and yeah. Good. Yeah. Growing up. Doing my best. It's only taken 11 years, but I'm getting there. Very proud. Yeah. Good for you. Thanks. <laughs> it's about time. Yeah. I know. <laughs> well, but was that kind of your, um, let's just talk more about Chris Pratt. Uh, no, let's do it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he had, that was part of his comedy though, right? Is that he was like the... The screw up guy, and from episodes of True that I've seen, you're falling down in every other scene. You're I'm always doing that. Always Wait, just like still. a Chris Farley, just all over the place, ridiculous. Can so, we talk about the time you had to fall down and you had broken your collarbone? Well, I didn't have to fall down. I had to jump over the couch and throw my arm around you. That's what it was. You, we went. We went, we no, went snowboarding. snowboarding, and they specifically said we're not allowed to go snowboarding because yeah. someone's going to get hurt. And we were like, Dah. We were like, oh, it'll be fine. For the record, I've never fine. broken anything in my life. So, yeah. you know, that's you the last thing I want. jumped off of something. No, I was just going down a hill really it? fast, and the front end caught, and I just snapped my And somebody, off. like, came running down the hill, and they were, like, with your mom, and she just, like, started picking things up. And she's like, we have to take Matthew to the hospital. I think he broke his collarbone. We have to go. We were like, wait, what? So we had to go back to set, but we couldn't tell anybody yeah. that he had broken his collarbone. And I was supposed to wear this sling, and I would every time for rehearsal, I have to take it off. And then they're like, okay, throw your arm around. I'm like, and I was doing this thing where I was, <laughs> I was jumping, and then I would use my knee as, like, a throwing motion to get it around her and be like, oh, yeah. But it was literally, and then I had to run into a, a ladder, same yeah. episode. It was, Yeah. It was a it was a good time. Should have gotten paid more for stunts. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, you should have. Yeah, you should, did all of your own, all almost all have. your own stunts. Yeah. Anyway, go on. So that Sorry. being part of your type a little bit, now cleaning things up, you know, does that worry you to 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 change? Not that it's necessarily going to change the types of roles that you're going to go for, but let's say you do, you know, get an eight pack you you like you don't identify with that lifestyle anymore and then and then you right it's it's a weird thing because it's they always say that like you have to instead of getting prepared for a role be prepared for the role kind of thing and so that's where it's like it's tough because i've i've at this point i have my bag of tricks and that's what my manager calls it it's like you know the comedy stuff like 
I'll get hired to do things specifically because that's what I'm good at. But it's the same. I'm just kind of recycling all the same stuff. So like I'm trying to move into a different place. And I actually did that this year with that Freeform show that I yeah? was, so that I was literally, I was written onto specifically they wrote a role for me on a, on a Freeform show that had already been picked up for 10 episodes. And I was like, okay, my agents were like, don't do this. You've, I had booked a pilot two years in a row as like the lead. So like, they were like, you don't need to do it. But it was with people I'd already worked with. And I was like, I, I have to. Like they, I've never had anybody write a role specifically for me as a regular on a show. I'm going to do it. And very quickly learned that like there is a – there is – I was doing the same comedy, but it was freeform. And so I needed to look a different way. And okay. so then like when we, we shot the first episode and then we were supposed to take a two-week break – while they would like kind of figure it all out, but we were coming back for nine more episodes. And the day after we shot it, the producers that I knew who convinced me to do it called and were like, hey, so just so you know, we're leaving the show. And I was like, you're the ones who convinced me. Like, you're the reason I'm doing the show. And they're like, it's okay. Nothing's going to change. Everything's fine. And I was like, okay. And then like a week goes by. They had to find new showrunners. When they finally did, they were like, okay, so uh, we're going to change it to single cam instead of multi-cam. And I was like, I don't want to do a single cam show for Freeform because I don't want to spend 16 hour days doing a show that I don't really appreciate. Right. And then they called me in for a fitting and I got there and it was the best way to describe it was like they were shoving a sausage into its casing. Cause it was like, <laughs> like these like, you know, suspenders <laughs> with like a skin tight shirt, skin tight pants. Like I was supposed, and I was like, Oh, you want me to be the hot guy? And I'm just like, I'm not, I, I, I'm, I don't discredit myself. I know that I'm a decently attractive person. My personality helps a lot, but I'm not a hot <laughs> guy as far as like CW freeform. Like they won't hire me because I'm not the hot guy. And so it's more about like, I'm trying to get to that point so that I can say F you to all of those people because mm-hmm. I want to break that mold. And that's what Chris Pratt kind of did was he was, you know, this big guy, like at one point was having a competition with his wife to see how many cheeseburgers a day he could eat kind of thing. And then like, I remember that. Yeah. was given the opportunity for Zero Dark Thirty and like lost some weight and then kind of you it's just about it's sadly it is really about like who you know and how like it's timing is all of the things and so it's like you know you never know it's so easy to say like well if I get this like I'll totally get in shape and that's what I've always said you know I'll get auditions for things that I really want but I know they want somebody who's going to be you know thin and not have a round face and like I know that's what they want and so it's like that's always been the most difficult. That is the most difficult thing for me in my careers because I mm. love food so much that like <laughs> it's difficult to be like, okay, well, I work a decent amount, but like to do the things I want to do, I have to look a different way. Right. And that sucks, but it's just it's just the truth. So I won't spend much time on this, but Oh hell. <laughs> I am <laughs> my day job is I'm a personal trainer. Oh great. Yeah. So let's get into that workout routine. What are you, what are you doing? What's your week breakdown like? What's my week break? Okay. Well, I, so I, I've been going to spin class a lot lately. You're so excited. Oh my God. No, I am. This is a great, this is a good outlet. Um, no, I've been <laughs> going to spin class a lot, but I, I was doing training made. I don't know if you've ever tried that before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was doing that for a very long time. And then I started using my Apple watch to like watch calories and stuff. And I was realizing that it was like the least, the smallest workout I was getting. And I was doing that like once a day and that was my workout. Um, 
I've done the weightlifting stuff. It's just, I just have to like lean out now. I promised my manager I'd lose ten pounds by the end of December. So is your manager still Richie? Yeah. Yay! Uh, he's like my dad. Like he's Richie's yeah. like my. He's amazing. Yeah, he's the greatest man in the world. Um, but by yeah, New Year's. What? By New Year's. By New Year's, yeah, okay. I said I would lose ten pounds. Okay. Which should be easy. It's just it's all diet for me, and that's always been that's like the hardest part. It's just like sticking to a diet. I also hate running. Oh, sure. Who so doesn't? Cardio sucks. I love spin because I used to race bikes. So like my legs are just, they second nature know yeah. how to do it and I can do it for hours. Do you have knee problems? No. Okay. That's good. Yeah. That's good. I've had a couple surgeries on this one, but I, I, I ran a marathon. After Would, the surgeries? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Would not recommend. <laughs> I, uh, I haven't had surgery. I still probably wouldn't do a marathon. So oh, no, 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 no. Don't do it. No, no, no. Worst thing ever. <laughs> Like a like a like a twenty mile marathon, like twenty six point two. The L A marathon. Oh, you did the L A marathon. I did the L A marathon. Yeah. I did, uh, and you completed it. I did, and in in one day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I sprained my ankle like six weeks before. That was a four week recovery, and those are the weeks where you're supposed to like be doing crazy mileage to get just to get the volume yeah. up, and just be used to being on your feet that. Often. Would you do like like 20 miles on a treadmill type thing? Well, you're supposed to. No, I always ran outside. I don't like the treadmill so much. Right. But um, but I was out. I was just like physical therapy for my ankle. So I, But I had signed up six months in advance. Right. So I roll into this marathon unprepared. I'm going with one of my clients who it's his 29th marathon. He had won a season of The Amazing Race. And he's your client? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I don't, okay. Well, no, this is a good. This is a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I start spasming at mile eight, and but I just had committed so much that I was not going to quit. So I just carried on. There's a lot of like run walk. I'll be fine. Just, just, just <laughs> well, I'm, I'm gonna be fine. <laughs> I, I'm in Brentwood on mile twenty three, and I have my shirt off, and I like. I was in good shape, right. so like this guy, but uh, like aesthetically good shape, but right. not marathon shape. Mm -hmm. They're very different. And this guy shouts at me. He's like, oh, come on, why are you walking? At mile 23, and my legs, I almost have to pick my was legs up. Was he in the marathon with you? <laughs> no, just a spectator. Piece of shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow. They're <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> Wow! Oh, that would light. Uh, that would light me up. I wouldn't finish. I would beat the shit. Absolutely. Now, now I'm going to jail. But I do like, and I always recommend this to my clients. It's like pick a goal that's way out ahead, like a year in advance. And one of my coolest um, training stories ever was this woman who was 69. She wanted to summit Mount Kilimanjaro for her 70th birthday, and Jesus. She told me about a year in advance. We trained for it. We went on practice hikes, and she did it. Uh, wow. and she wasn't a hiker prior right. to that, but I don't know. Pick, pick something. I want to lose 10 there. pounds by this time next year. That's, <laughs> that's not it. Um, Is that I'm aiming low? Well, I just, <laughs> I just feel like I hear the 10 pounds thing and for your manager and for, for, you know, work and for how you look on camera, that's important. But yeah. like, if you can put it with a performance goal rather right. than just, well, I've always wanted to do a Tough mutter. But I don't think I'd ever be able to like right if I was to do one tomorrow, wouldn't happen. Right. I I wouldn't last. Well the running is the difficult thing. Right. I, I did uh not the tough mutter, but I did the uh Camp Pendleton, the 
you know, the 10 K for that. Yeah. And it's the, the obstacles really fun being in mud, like all of that, like the, it just, it's so much more interesting than just a 10 K or a half marathon, which is kind of boring. Right. But you do, you do, you have to run from obstacle to obstacle, right. you know? Yeah. I did a, I did a 5k, I want to say last summer. Okay. And that was very hard for me. Sure. I didn't eat anything beforehand either. And Why? I, I, because I'm stupid. Because I, I don't plan well. Uh, <laughs> I, I know. I don't, I don't plan well. I didn't plan well for my first marathon. I overate. Because you also, you show up at Dodger Stadium. You did Stadium. the Michael Scott ate fettuccine Alfredo before running. <laughs> Literally did. I was like, no, you're supposed to. Carb load. Carb load. <laughs> So I had a, I had like a piece of lasagna at four thirty a.m. Holy shit! You actually did this. And then I had I had in the in the bus ride over I had prosciutto wrapped melon, and I'm like, no, no, no. Wait, wait. wait. And Victor, who's run twenty nine marathons, he's like, you're you're doing more than you should be doing. Like, have just a banana and call it. <laughs> I'm like, nah, Vic. I, trust I'm me. Sorry. I know. I'm, I'm a personal trainer. I know what I'm doing here. <laughs> I'm sorry. The appetizer we serve guests who come here for dinner is what you had on the way to the marathon. Well, because I'm not. You had leftovers. Yeah. <laughs> cool. It was all that was in the fridge. What else was he going to Great. Cool, 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 cool. Smart, babe. Good for you. You've never run for four plus hours in a row. I'm like, I'm just going to get so hungry. Oh, that would be the last worry I had. I wouldn't be worried about being hungry because I'd be too. List. I would be too concerned with the fact that I have to run that much. Yeah, and so then you so ate that, nothing. No, so I yours. we didn't. We just didn't time everything out properly. And oddly enough, the only thing they were serving at this five k foam fest thing were hot dogs and hamburgers. And I was like, that's not what I'm having at nine thirty in the morning Ew. before I run three miles. Like I'm not going to do that. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So I didn't, and like a quarter of the way through, I felt so bad for my girlfriend because she was like, come on, and I was like, get away from me. <laughs> Don't talk to me. And they were like, there's plenty of water stations. There was one water station halfway through, and it was like, people, people, they, oh, they kept doing this. There's a line of people because you're all waiting to get the water to leave, and everybody who had friends from behind were like, oh, no, come on up here. So, like, you're sitting there, but you're not moving because they, people are just continuously allowing their f slow friends to come up. And I finally, I was like, you can't do this. So I didn't even get the water. And so oh, I did the whole no. thing without drinking water, without eating. It was bad. Got a popsicle at the end, though. That was good. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. I'm happy for you. No, I, I want to do a Tough Mudder, though. And that was, that I was, I, I think I'm signed up for one in April. Oh, good. Yeah. I think I'm actually signed up for one in April. Let's do it. We'll do it with Ashley. We'll do, we'll do. Uh uh. I saw you look at me, and I know you're kidding. I mean, homie. I, I, Matt and I are dead serious. Yeah. All right, let's do it. We'll be Team Mama because it's M A M A. Right? Wow, uh, Team Mama. Let's do it with a team great. name like that. How can we lose? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. Let's do it. I haven't gone to the gym in five years. Yeah, we got till April. Great. Yeah. Great. I have a trainer. Yes. Great. Yeah, for the record, you you have no excuse because you literally have a trainer. I do. Does not take advantage. We have That's not worked right. out together. We go on a lot of hikes. We That's hike. it. We do hike. Do you have video of uh, One Flew? I have this total, total jump 
But do you have like a recording of one flu of, of your performance in that? Yeah, yeah. I do. I, have I would the love ins- to see that sometime. I will send it. You the I video just watched there. that movie for the first time ever. I had never watched it before, uh, like a month ago. And I was like, he was became that character was like, I was like, oh my god, he's one of my favorite characters in film. So then when I read the biography thing, I was like, oh, gotta. Oh yeah, it was. I should have told you about it. You would have loved it. It was an immersive experience. So you got to. Oh, it was like you were like in the. You put on a oh, hospital gown. Oh, this was this gown. recent. It was last year. Last summer. Oh wow! Yeah, you were oh. checked into a ward. That's crazy. You talked to the doctor before you got in. All the you got were like given clothes to wear. The, How many people um, were in the audience? 99. It was a ninety-nine seat. Oh, was, yeah. and each one of them does that. Each one of them. It depends on what kind of ticket you got. So you were able to get like I saw the show fourteen times, so I feel like I was in it. Right. Um. You were able to get tickets where you were like sitting in group therapy. Did you just start like, like singing randomly for no reason? <laughs> no, because it's I'm not a patient. A musical. I know, I'm but you patient. you would make it a musical, so I would you're make the it patient. A musical. Uh, no, but in during intermission, one of the patients came out and played the piano, and I would sing with him sometimes. Oh, sometimes. So it happened more than once. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, Josh Groban was there one night, and oh, that night I was like, "Yes, we will be singing tonight. Thank you so much." Wow. But yeah, it was like it was super fun. But there's a recording of it. There is, yeah. Uh, yeah I was like to see that sometime. There was a whole hour-long pre-show where not you or Nurse Ratched, but all the other actors in the show had to like do an hour of improv with the audience every night. That stuff was really cool. You could sit and you know we had different game stations, and the whole point was, um, yeah, just to make you feel immersed and like you right. were a patient. So something we found out of the book, and it's mentioned a little bit in the play, but they talk a lot about chronic patients versus acute patients, and. Um, so if you're, you know, it's like the acute patients are the ones who have a chance of recovery. So they would be on the floor with us. And then the chronic patients were like in the seats, more of a traditional. Right. That idea came from my mom because I was like, it's going to be an immersive experience. And she's, you know, she comes to all my shows and she said, uh, you should have an option for people, people. who don't want to do that. Right, right, <laughs> you right. know, yeah. but it was cool because you could, when, if you showed up early enough, you could, um, the the actors basically had to give you clues so there was like an escape room aspect to it and i think there were like two or three different like avenues you could you could try and it all led to meeting one of the characters who was planning a rebellion so the show the pre-show ends and the show opens with that rebellion happening was in the ward was it a like written for this specific thing or was it you actually were doing the show that already exists we took the dale wasserman adaptation of the play that exists that was done on broadway and then you know that's based on the novel by ken kesey yeah and then the only things that we added were that pre-show we had um our immersive designer sarah beale did a great job and uh yeah there were like different tracks you could be on like like an escape room and that's wild and then but once that uh sort of rebellion happens then, then you, you're the in show. your seat. Is that a part of a theater company that does this for other shows as well type thing? Kind they of. just did another one. They did um, an immersive, sort of immersive musical the last five years. The uh, theater company is After Hours Theater Company. Did Scott Porter do that one? Scott and Janelle Parrish, yeah. Okay, I, was yeah, a, yeah. I was a producer on that one too. Scott Porter has one of the most beautiful voices I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, did you? A great voice. You didn't see it? Uh, no, I didn't see last five years, but I saw... I know what you did last summer. Right. Yeah. He, I didn't do that show, so. He was great in that. No, and then they asked right. me to replace him, and I was like, you're out of your mind. You could have done it. Nah. Not yes, gonna, you could. No, no, I'm not going to replace somebody like that. Oh, my God. All right. 
I get real hung up. I sang, I did musical theater too in high school. I just did one musical last year for the first time in like 10 years that I did a musical. But I didn't know you started off singing and do you yeah, dance I love too? It. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, 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 I haven't done like choreographed dance stuff since high school. So it's like, I, I could say that I could cause I could then, but I don't know. I feel like it's right. Like riding a bike. Like I, I could pick it up pretty quickly. I love that unauthorized stuff though. And I've always wanted to do one at Rockwell. You'd be amazing in them. I would have a blast, but everybody's so damn good. It's like, it's crazy. I'm not trained by any means. And like, I need, I need, that was the problem when I went to do, um, <clears throat> I know what you did last summer, was that I was the only new one. Everybody else was coming back. And so like, they already knew it. And you could tell it was kind of like second nature for them. Whereas like, I needed somebody who was going to be like, you should try hitting this note instead of this note. And like mm. helping me through it where it was more of like, let's just get the show on, you know, on its feet. Luckily, I ended up getting a job and I couldn't do it. So <laughs> I had a, a, a way out because I was, I was terrified. Was the job the purge? Yeah. Has that been going slash? I just finished. Okay. Yeah, yeah I just finished that. It that that's been the most rewarding job I think I've ever done, just because really? it's completely drama. Like there's no, I'm not funny in it at all. It's like very serious. Like the next episode I'm in is like me just bawling my eyes out and like. Wow. Yeah. So it was like a complete out of my comfort zone. I've never been out of my comfort zone like that for acting. I'm so used to going in and like doing, I'm doing American Housewife right now. And it's like the role that I'm playing and everything else. So like I get there and it's just so nonchalant of like, oh, okay. Whereas with that, it was like, I'm in New Orleans yeah. and I have to like, oh, tomorrow I have to, my brother died. So I have to like have this very emotional mm -hmm. scene. And so then you like have a whole different routine of like getting on set, putting headphones on and like listening to just mm -hmm. like, you know, that theatrical music that's going to get you there kind of thing. So yeah. that was very, very rewarding. Wow, that's yeah. amazing. And yeah. where can we watch The Purge? Uh, on USA, every Tuesday at 8 o'clock wow. or 9 o'clock. I don't know. I don't have cable. So I haven't watched it. Great. Great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it's amazing. Yeah. You're in all of – this is season two. No, right? I was only supposed to do – yeah, so it's it's an anthology. Um, oh, cool. So like it, the season – you don't have to see season one to watch season two. But uh, I was supposed to only do four episodes. I ended up doing seven of the ten, so that was good. Nice. Yeah. It's cool. It was a good experience. Awesome. Yeah. I have a question that you I've been go. waiting to ask. What do you think is the biggest misconception about being an actor? That it's going to happen overnight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that it's that that it's going to happen quickly, and when it does, it, it won't stop. Oof. That to me has yeah. always been the big because every time I get something that I feel is important, True Jackson, I thought that was going to be like, oh, this is it. Like I'm yeah. I'm a regular on a show. This is going to set the me dream. up forever. Yeah. Not true. So then you have to break the walls of like not being the kid actor anymore. Mm -hmm. So then you do Paranormal Activity 4 and you're like, I'm going to be in a movie that's going to make $200 million worldwide that everybody's going to see. And I end up being the funny one in the movie who like stands out like this is going to be great for me. Nobody gave a shit. <laughs> so, that, so that disappeared. So then I do a couple years of just like guest starring on things, doing little movies and you're like kind of grappling for it. You're like, okay, well, it's coming. It's coming. I know it's coming. And then I got the series regular on the network show. And that yeah. was like... Was that well, Real Neils? Yeah. And that was like, okay, so now I've entered this other category. I've moved past the kids stuff and I'm now a series regular 
fourth build on a network television show and you talk to other people, it's like, oh, once you're like a regular on a show that goes, like usually you're just going to get stuff after that. And again, that just like kind of wasn't the case. When I, when we were done shooting the season, I went like seven months not working at all. And then, you know, I've, that's the other thing is I've always been attached to things that like aren't sure to do something for you. Like, mm. With Real O'Neill's, it was a constant, like, are we going to get canceled? Are we going to get canceled? And then when we finally did, I had luckily gotten a different pilot. And when I got the pilot, it was I was the lead of the pilot. It was like, this is going to go. And the, the producer who had like, produced a bunch, he's like, I know when they're going to go. This one's going. 100%, not a doubt in my mind. I was like, cool. I found out that that wasn't going 10 minutes after I found out the Real O'Neill's was canceled. All at once. <gasps> 10 so minutes? Ten, literally, it was on the same day, about 10 to 15 minutes apart from each other. Got a phone call being like, hey man, just want to let you know, like, Spaced Out's not going further. And I was like, all right, that's cool. That's cool. Hung up. Got a call 15 minutes later. Yeah, what's up? Okay, so also, <laughs> Real O'Neill's is canceled. And I was like, ah, luckily I was on set doing a Happy Madison movie. Great. For that, I was like, okay, now I'm doing Happy Madison. They're going to hire me for other stuff because they always reuse their people. Mm -hmm. They've done three movies since. I haven't been a part of them. So it's like mm. one of those things where it's like the misconception is like people think they're going to come out here and once they hit it, they're going to hit it and they're going to go. But like that has always been like I wish somebody had told me right off the bat like, hey, this is not going to be easy and you're probably going to fail. <laughs> because if I was told I was going to fail – then I would have something to like work towards to not fail. Whereas I've always been told I'm going to succeed. So when I'm not succeeding where I want to succeed, I feel like I'm failing. Does that mm. make sense? Yeah. Right. Totally. Might be the smartest thing I've ever said. But... That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, damn. Yeah. Are you plugging a book that you have coming out soon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I'm actually writing it during this podcast okay. right here. I'm actually just going <laughs> so to be, you, you need I'm going to take this, this podcast stuff and I'm just... Don't air this. Give it to me first. Great, 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 great. Type it out, then you can take. It. Sure, whatever you need. That night when we found out. All right, so you're on the Happy Madison set, so yeah. that helps a little bit. But like in those, and I say you've been cleaning it up, but like you know, are, are, when you get bad news, what's your coping mechanism now? And when in that trash period, <laughs> you know, what things do you know now? Or your danger zone that you know I have to avoid that when I get bad news. I always know it's if it's so, so the thing I didn't actually I wasn't too hurt by that because I was working. So then even like with the purge, the purge ending, and I come home and I'm like, oh my god, okay, I don't have a job lined up. What am I going to do for the next three months? Luckily, I got a call from American Housewife, and so then I'm doing that, and they're like, oh, we're going to probably do a few episodes before the end of the year. So just the knowledge of knowing there's something else on the horizon that gets me through it and then I don't have to cope because then I just I know that I'm working and that was with purge it was like I knew for the summer I was going to be flying back and forth whenever they wanted me and that gets me through these like weeks where I have absolutely nothing going on because then I'm like that beforehand though when I would find out bad and I mean that was those were the days where you find out bad information you're like all right well let's hit the club let's go and then, uh, you know, three days later, you're like, oh, my God, I'm the worst person in the world, and I'm going to jump off a building. And then you come back down from it, and you feel better, and then you go back out again. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, it's it, it's terrible. It never gets better. The, the thing that has gotten better is that I, I see it coming now, whereas, like, I used to be surprised by it, and that was always the problem, where it was like, no, 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 because this is going to be good. Whereas, like, now, unfortunately, I'll look at the negative before a positive. And so it's like... You know, oh, you're doing the purge. It's gonna be huge for you. No, it's not. 
it's going to be good material to have that mm -hmm. I can pass on to people. And now people won't just know me as the funny guy. That's great. Not going to get me further though. And then in turn, if it does, great. Prove me wrong. So that's great. It sucks. <laughs> I I, that's the thing. It's funny. You ask like, what would you say to somebody who wants to get in the business? I would say don't because it sucks. It like, it actually <laughs> is soul crushing 95% of the time. Yeah. I describe it as the way I've, it's like I'm in the desert and I'm dehydrated and I'm about to die and I'm like there and I'm shriveling up and I'm about <laughs> to die. And then somebody goes, Oh wait, hold on. And drops a little bit of water in my mouth. And I'm like, Oh my God, I feel so much better. And I last for five more days and I'm good. And then I start dying again. And that's where, like, I feel like that's the career. It's like every time I feel like I'm at rock bottom, I book something. And I'm like, oh, God, thank God I'm doing this for the next three weeks. Yeah. And then it ends and a month goes by and I'm fine. And then halfway through that month, I'm like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Maybe I'm not supposed to be an actor. What? <laughs> what would you say was your, was your like, worst rock bottom? Worst rock bottom Because uh, I know probably, as an actor, we've all had a few, but, like, was, what was the worst? It was probably, like, three years after Shrew Jackson ended... I think I was like 23, it was like 23, maybe I was 24, but I ran out of money. Like I was out of money. I was completely broke and I had not prepared for that. And hilariously enough at the time, it would have been fine. Like weirdly enough, I get more recognized now for things like True Jackson than yeah. I did in my early twenties, which is weird to me. But like in yeah. New Orleans, I couldn't go into a place in New Orleans who hadn't watched True Jackson VP. Are you serious? I swear to God, <laughs> even my, when my girlfriend came out, she was like, oh, you really weren't kidding. I was like, no, like I'll go in anywhere. And people were like, oh my God. And it flock. Like it was the weirdest experience ever. That's amazing. It was. And it was like super cool. But uh, <laughs> so at the time I was like, I can't just go get a waiter job because if I go right. and do that every day, someone's going to be like, hey, what are Aren't you the guy? Aren't you that guy on the, the TV show? And it's like, yeah. What can I get for you? And they're like, well, what are you doing waiting? And like, that is that is crushing. Like yeah, you, totally. It's difficult. You can't come back from that. Like it's it mm -hmm. will destroy. I'm I'm thinking about it now, and I'm like feeling emotional about yeah. it because it's just like it's difficult to yeah. do that. So that was I was at this point where I was like, I'm gonna have to reorganize my entire life. And I've just like spent all I've spent the last three years like not working for anything and I'm, I'm very much one like and it's funny because I don't act on it most of the time but like I feel like if you put work into it you'll get work out of it you know what I'm saying yeah. which is kind of common sense but I've spent a lot of time not putting work into it and just writing off of like instinct mm -hmm. and being able to like book something every now and then with instinct then like working out getting myself where I want to be and then being able to get whatever I want but that was definitely rock bottom that was like I was like, I remember being in my backyard with like my three roommates just bawling my eyes out, being like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Luckily, that's where Richie came in and he hired me to be basically his partner's assistant. And I was like painting doors and moving furniture and all this stuff for wow for like three months. And then I booked how to build a better boy. Are you serious? Yeah. That that's was what like that what was. got you out of it? Yeah, because it happened in like May. And then we did that in August, right? Yeah, we yeah, did. Yeah, so from May and then that came up and that gave me a pretty good chunk of change that like lasted me for yeah. quite some time. I feel like actually ever since How to Build a Better Boy, I've been, that's where the consistency has kind yeah. of come along. We're like, I haven't gotten to the point of being like, I'm gonna, I've lost everything kind of thing. Like right. I've always, I've gotten smarter about it and I maintain a specific number so that I can stay there. Yeah. We were the first two Nick kids to jump Transition. over. Yeah, we were. 
Same thing. I'm real, real proud of that. Yep. I wish we had uh, started on Disney, though. Disney's just so much better. <laughs> Do you want me to cut that out? or was that No, I don't care. I, I genuinely don't care because, like, Nickelodeon really messed up my head for me too. a long time. So, like, and I don't think they did it on purpose. I just think that there was, there was a clear line in the sand of who's important, who matters, and who doesn't. Yeah. And that was, and it was in your face. So it was like, yeah. that's, I'll give you a good story you don't know about. Oh, no. So, you remember Brain Surge? <laughs> yes. Okay, so I never smoked weed. Like, I never really smoked weed before. Right. Uh, but the night before Brain Surge, my buddies came over from Covina, and they had brought hash. Now... What is Brain Surge? Brain Surge Oh, my is God. A, you've never seen... You, I haven't shown you any of Brain Surge is a memory game that uh, there are different rounds, and each round you do a different memory game. So, like, the first one, you would watch a video... And like, it'd be like this dude plucking hairs from his nostril and then also like things happening <laughs> in the background. And then they would ask you a question of like, how many birds flew in the background? Oh. And you'd have to remember what yeah. you had seen. Okay. And then the next round was like, the, he'll do like this long story of books and like all these different titles. And then you go in a, and whoever can name the titles. But if you say the wrong title, you're out kind of thing. Yeah. And then the final round was <laughs> a light setup where it was like four by four squares did a light thing you did the the movement and then it made it was like eight by eight and then it was like 16 by 16 yep. and you had to like do the thing and you would win prizes for the people in the audience so the night before we do brain surge if you tell me what i think my buddies bring over hash now mind you like when i had some, i could never i used to have nightmares of like being on set of true jackson like smoking weed and then them being like all right time to rehearse I can't do that. I can't work intoxicated at all in any way, shape, or form. Like, that's been the one good thing I've had going for me is that, like, I've been alcoholic to a point, but, like, I could never do that while working. Right. Like, it just could I physically couldn't do it. So, <laughs> they bring hash, which I had never tried before. And, and, like, hash is like a drug. Like, it really... Back in the day, like, you can buy hash now and, like, smoke it in a pipe. But, like, back in the day, you would, like, light a... a like a knife as hard as you can until it like steamed and then you would smoke it like and you would just stand over it and like with a milk cart it was a total druggy thing to do <laughs> looking back on I'm like anytime you start having to warm things up that's like there's other things that you smoke weed from I'm like as soon as you bring a blowtorch blow out you're, 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 you're smoking drugs but either way I got so high and I all of a sudden realized it was like 1am I was like I'm gonna be high tomorrow like I'm going to be high forever. I'm never going to come down from this. And everybody's like, nah, you're good. You're good. I'm like, no, man, I'm going to be high forever. I got to go to bed right now. Go to bed, wake up at 7 a.m. to go to this thing. Just stoned out of my mind. <laughs> and I show up to I'm this so, thing. I'm so, I'm so angry. And it's yeah, me oh against all the other Nickelodeon kids. And I'd like to preface this by saying... All of those kids are going to like USC or New York. They're all doing these nice colleges and stuff. I ended up beating their asses. And now that I know you were stoned, I'm so angry! I then proceeded to set the record on the light board. I did all three in like 13 seconds. You had 90 seconds to do it. I did it like 13 seconds. And now that I know that... I am going to push you out the window. I'm that's Dude, so upsetting. I, you I, won so much on Brain Surge. So I then because we then did it. We did it a few months later. We did two episodes in one day. I I won the episode again, and then we did the second one. And they came up to me before the second round. They said, and you hey, went against me. Yeah, yeah. And they go, hey, if you can just go ahead and um, we can't say throw it, but if you'll just not say the right answer. 
And they thought I was so good at this that I said the wrong answer and sat down and they rang it correct. And I was like, uh, and they're like, oh wait, hold on, time it cut. Let's go back, say the same thing. And then I got out. Yeah. And that's the only time I ever won the show because they told him to lose. I yeah. hate you. I tell all my friends that story and every time I do, I'm like, stoners prevail. Like we did yeah. it. I we did it. can't believe you. We did it. Yeah. That you was won a... while you were stoned? Oh my God, jacked. My mom was there and I was like, mom. I know. I was like, I'm freaking out. She's like, what? I'm like, I'm so high. She's like, why are you smoking before work? I said, I smoked at 10 p.m. last night. It's still in my system. I'm still high. I don't know what to do. And like, everybody's coming up being like, hey, so good to see you. And I'm like, hey, <laughs> hi. Like, leave me alone, please. Let's just get this over with. Yeah, that was hilarious. That is, won. that might be like my claim to fame for myself. Like, that's the most accomplished I've ever did you ever do figure it out with us or no? No, 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 no. I was, uh, okay. I was beyond at that point. I was, okay. uh, I had moved on. Right. That's, yeah. yeah. I was very shortly after that. Yeah. yeah. Gone. Booted. I can imagine those lights, the way that must have looked in your mind. To Mind you, you oh, yeah. there's, he, you get slimed at the end if yeah. you win. So you got slimed twice. Or if you don't win, you have to go down the brain drain, which is you shoot yourself out of an ear. Yeah. And it's like ah. all foam and my shit. My friends, my friends always made fun of me when when it aired because they knew that I had been high in it, so they like wanted to watch it, and we watched it. And they they still to this day will like ask me how I'm feeling because <laughs> my response it was the last round, and the host is like, "Hey Matt, so how are we feeling?" And I didn't I didn't know how to talk really, and I was like, "Well, I'm feeling light, Jeff." <laughs> And it was, like, it was like the most ridiculous response I could have come up with. And it just came out and just. And, and I'm I was, sure Jeff was good. like, cool. Yeah, cool, man. Like, yeah, let's let's win some prizes, brother. <laughs> like, that was, yeah. I hope the kid you won the prize for is listening to this podcast. He got right a cruise, now. dude. He went on a cruise. Oh, yeah. They had sick prizes. Yeah, they did. They had really, really cool things. Yeah, they did. I have a question for both of you. How is getting slimed? It's great the first two to three times. Yes. And then, it's old. For a, yeah. for a girl, it's great the first time because yeah. you go through an hour and a half of hair and makeup and then you, sh you know, you we had that one. We had that one day where we got slimed, like, was it four times? Four times in two days. Four times in two, it was only four times in two it days? Was only four, it was twice God, the first day, like twice the like second day. I feel like it was like seven times. I know. It felt like forever. Yeah. Oh, man. It was a lot. Well, remember they gave me the, the they gave me the blimp for the pity fat kid award. What? <laughs> no. One more time. One they more did. Time. They what? did. They hired they hired us for the kids choice awards to do these dances. Oh my god, that's right. And I everybody a had a different dance. dance. She did a disco dance with who? Leon. Right. And then Robbie did a dance with Victoria Justice, I think. Yep. And then I did a dance with Noah Monk. We were both the little fat kids, <laughs> and they put us in these baggy clothes, and we were the hip hop dance. And I'm doing this hip-hop dance, and I'm like, this is the dumb... At this point, I'm 19 years That's old, right. and I'm like, like, this a... is too much. Like, this is... My friends are going to make fun of me. This is bad. And they come up to me, and they're like, hey, hey, I know this is a lot, but, like, don't worry. You're going to win. Like, we've already... You're going to win. And I was like, okay, cool. So they told me we won three months before the oh, Kids' yeah. Choice Awards. Oh, yeah, we shot it forever before the Kids' Choice Awards. And then they did it, and they were like, you win! And now I still have a blimp in my house <laughs> for best hip-hop routine and I'm like, and this, it was really just to give it to the fat kids. That's right. Ryan Laserbeam and Gibby got the, got the, the That's award amazing. for best dance. Do you remember the promo shoot where they, um, they had us like jump on a trampoline a bunch. It was like the was year. Was it like the first one? No, it was the year after we got slimed, I think. 
Um, cause my, <laughs> I only remember it cause my hair was short and when we got signed, my hair was really long. Right. Um, but they like made us jump on a trampoline. There was a lot of drama because I was wearing shorts and they didn't want me to jump on the trampoline, but then that would have meant that I wouldn't, I would be the only person who didn't do it. Yeah. They poured, um, do you not remember this? They poured the bouncy balls behind us and they kept hitting us in the head and they were like, just smile because it was all in slow-mo. Yeah, so here's the thing. When they reaction, released that promo, I don't think I was in any of it and I think that's why I tried to forget this. Really? Because I was pissed off because I was like, I spent, you know, we spent the eight-hour day shooting these things and yeah. I don't think I was in any of the any of the shots. If it makes you feel any better, when I did Bucket and Skinner, they did either, is it Jingle Bells or Jingle Bell Rock? In the, like they did a promo in a, in a sleigh and all the right. people from all the shows were doing it and they cut me out of that. Oh, that's good. Yeah. D were you guys singing it? Yes. Oh, even better. So they cut, me out. <laughs> <laughs> they cut out the best singer on the show. I don't know how to sing, so it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, that was, uh, Nickelodeon was tough. Because it was just, yes. uh, you, you go in as a kid thinking it's you're, this is like the golden ticket. And then it kind yeah. of like, and it was, because it was like, listen, we were very fortunate to be shooting a show that not only I, I think was better than all the other shows, and that's just because it had network writers. Like, yeah. we got lucky and we always had really crazy guest stars and stuff. We, Our Dan and Andy. so amazing. Yeah, like, so the show itself, that was an amazing experience. It yeah. was all of the extracurricular stuff we had to do for the network that was like, that was another thing. That was one of the bad days when we had Worldwide Day of Play. Oof. You remember that day? Which which one? There were like five of them. The one that was by the beach. It was, I think, the first one we did. The one that was by the... The one where we were playing like volleyball and tennis? We played volleyball and tennis and we did the frisbee thing. The frisbee and then we had to try and do that tandem bike and <laughs> neither of yeah. us could do it. Yeah. yeah. I remember Hadn't that. Hadn't slept. Yep. Hadn't slept. That's right. I... Had That's we, when we couldn't talk to each other at that point. I, it was real yeah, awkward. My friends and I had somehow became, we were house-sitting this like gigantic house in the hills. And so we just were partying all night. And I went to bed at like 5 a.m. and had to be up at 5.45 to go to this worldwide day of play thing. And that was terrible. Also, same thing uh, for our season two uh, promo shoot. I had not slept. I literally had not slept. slept. And it was the first time that we had seen each other after... We couldn't, after like that end of season one drama. Yeah. And I was like, I like didn't want to go to the I would show. like it to be clear that it was just alcohol. I was not, I wasn't still awake because of drugs. I, it was just alcohol. Have you done an all-nighter recently? Because I did a bunch in college. I tried one maybe six months ago and I, I don't have it anymore. I haven't done like a real <laughs> all-nighter in uh, over three years. Because that yeah. was, I've had, I've had nights that have gone to like, 6 a.m. but I but when I was living by myself in the hills that was a that was a dark time in my life because I, I lived by myself in the hills and no like none of my friends would come over because it was like really packed in there and you have to walk these steps yeah you like told everybody to because we you had a Christmas party you told everybody to Uber because you're yeah. like there's no parking well and there. so the only time I could have people well the only time people would come back and I, I've always been the type of person like I need people around yeah I don't I don't do well by myself in my own head so that year was very long for me. The show got canceled that year. Like I was in a very, very dark place. That was a year where the only time people would come back is if I went to a bar and then everybody at 2 a.m. wanted to come back. And that would go, that was an all-night thing. Those were all-nighters. Wow. What, now, all right, so you, you know, Nickelodeon, you got, you, you have one point of view and now you're, you say you're 29? Mm -hmm. Same. How is time changing for you? And like, do you have there's never going to be stability in this, but like, do you, 
I'll just, I'll just tell you what I'm getting at. Like for me, kids are the thing that like I gotta figure out how this is gonna be somewhat stable. Like at least my finances aren't gonna be. I'm not gonna have to worry about my kids eating right. by that time. So I'm just doing whatever I can now to get that set up. As a now 29 year old, how how's that end game looking for you, and how how's that? Like, not to completely stress you out. No, 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 no. No, it's funny because I'll, I'll just give you the clear answer. Like, I just try not to think about it because it, it because that's the thing with the industry that we're in, that we the things that we do, like, I could never work again. You know what I mean? I could try for the next 10 years and never book again. Like, that could happen. Or I could go on a Marvel audition in a week and somehow get it. And then all of a sudden, I'm a superhero. Like, that's the problem is because there's so, the uncertainty of it is that, like, at some point, you kind of just have to hope for the best. And, like, there's a lot of continue to, yeah, you just have to continue to live your life yeah. and hope for the best. Because it is crazy. Like, one day, I can be really down and really out and think that this is it. And then all of a sudden, I'll book a pilot. And it's like, so it's one of those things where it's like, you can't, it's, the, it's what we signed up for. Mm-hmm. And it's what we love because I'll be honest. There's nothing. I I don't think there's there's no nine to five that I could do right now that would make me happy the way that this makes me happy. There just isn't. So it's like either I give it up and I go and be miserable working a job I don't want to work, or I just hope for the best and take things as they come. I will say, I mean, it's crazy because like my parents had me. My dad was always losing his job. My mom, you know, had a job, but like. We never had much money and stuff like that. I'm like, I think I can do at least that well. You know what I mean? Like, no matter what ends up happening, I luckily I have Richie. I have people in my life who, like, if things were getting too much, like, I would have help. But at the same time, it, I feel like having a kid, that would just motivate me even more to, you know, do what I need to do to get where I need to go. But, yeah, I just don't really think about it right now. I have a question. No, I'm not having a kid right now. Not my question. Oh, my bad. Um, that's how you're gonna ask if she's pregnant. She's not. <clears throat> I, I hope. Would, <laughs> I would <laughs> hope that you would, you know, lead with that when you walk into the house. Like, hey. no, that was gonna be my closer. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> whatever you want to do. Would you? Would you ever become a YouTuber? Um, it's too late for me to become a YouTuber. Okay. But I will tell you this: I fell into a deep, deep, dark hole while I was in New Orleans because it was constantly raining and stuff. I couldn't leave my hotel room. Right. So I was like cramped in a hotel room for a week straight and I was only working like two hours every four days. So I had like, there was a time where I had four days of absolutely nothing. It was raining, couldn't do anything. And I fell into a hole of David Dobrik and I watched like, he has like over 600 vlogs and I've watched probably 500 of them. Oh my gosh. They're only four minutes a piece, but still I, there was a day That's where a I lot, spent, yeah. I spent eight hours like next, next, next watching them. And I loved it. And I was right. like, I ended up like, I've never been that guy. I hate those types of people. Like, yeah, that's why I'm asking dude. because I I know you do. I certainly don't. It depends. It de- like if I had the choice, yeah, I would be like David Dobrik because he's like okay. a really good person and he uses all of the things that he gets as for good and he give he just gives people things and that I love. Where but like Logan Paul? No. <laughs> hate that. Hate that. No, that's that's yeah. the thing is like because that's the other thing too is I mean, I did a movie with a Viner, you know, Cameron Dallas, like I did a movie with him and that was the most frustrating thing I've ever done because 
you, they're not actors. And so it's yeah. like, you, you, like even if they were good, it's they don't understand the work ethic of that. They know the work, et- work ethic of putting together a six-second video or four-minute video that features strictly them. They don't understand the work ethic of showing up at 6 a.m. and shooting until 7 p.m. Yeah. And so like days where he just decided he was sick and didn't want to come into work and I'm still sitting there having to like wait for him. That was like, to me, I was like, I, I lost all respect because it was just like, how can you... Like I fight to get your job. You got offered this and you got offered a deal for like 300 grand to do this. Mm -hmm. Whereas I think I was making $10,000 for six weeks of doing it. And I wanted to be there because I wanted to make work. Yeah. Um, So it's really, it just depends. Like David Dobrik is happy being a YouTuber and that's cool. Logan Paul is a YouTuber who also wants to be a fighter, who also wants to be an actor, who also wants to, and it's like, no, no, not in. Have you slash do you ever want to write and produce and direct your own stuff? I've, I, my patience level is not very high. I've written, <laughs> I, it's hilarious. I've written like, I've written like four kids shows. Like yeah? I, oh yeah. Me, me and my friend have written a few that have like, like one of which I think is fantastic. I'm just lazy as shit. <laughs> um, but I've written very my honest. own stuff and I, I would love to produce and stuff as, as time goes on. That's the thing is I, I just want to be a part of the industry as a whole. So like. Right now, I want to get my foot in the door as an actor. Yes, it's taking 11 years, but I want to get my foot in the door as an actor. And then, of course, when the time comes, that's my thing is like if I'm ever a, you know, a lead on a network show and you're making like that ridiculous money, it's the thing I've never understood about a lot of those actors is that like a lot of those people are making $50,000 an episode. They're doing 24 episodes a year. It's like you're making a shit ton of money. Why are you not creating your own stuff at that point? And that's for me, like, I know a lot of them want to be singers or a lot of them want to be like, you know, other things, DJs, that kind of stuff. But like for me, if I'm making that kind of money every year, when my show is done and I have that four month period, I'm making my own movie. That would be, you know what I mean? Then that's like just a given. So yeah, I I want to do all those things. Just need the, need the resources, you know? Yeah. We'll close with a breath. (laughs) (laughs) I knew it. I could feel it coming. <laughs> we'll close with a breath. Thank you so much uh, for doing this. Hey, of course. This has been fun. This is a, a cool way of catching up. It was great. Meeting him. Great to meet It's you. all happening. This was good. I'll see you in a couple years. I'll see you in a couple years. Thank you so much and goodbye for two years. <laughs>